If everybody is doing it, ask God what's next. That's good. There's one definition of the word miracle that people don't often look at. It is the power and influence that belongs to riches and wealth. I also don't even give unsolicited advice. So unless asked, I keep my opinions to myself. Unless God tells me I have to tell the person this, I don't, I don't care. What are some strategies or some tactics that you are teaching people to help them be great business people? It has to work or it has to work. Welcome to Circle of Greatness. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis. And today we got a super special episode. I'm talking about one of the most inspirational, influential leaders of our time, right? She's a prophetess, CEO of Covered by God, CEO of Millions Conference, and all around boss. Without further ado, Tiffany Montgomery. Hi. Thank you for coming on. Thank How you, you feeling? Thank you for having me. Great. Yeah. I was, uh, last time I saw you, um, I had the opportunity to come to Covered by God. And when I say two days, you said you talked about this for two days. I came and I'm talking about it was not an empty seat in the house. I know this place had to hold 5,000 or so people. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your backstory and all of that, but like, right, how did you get to that point? Like, where you can put a call out in two days, fill out a stadium. I mean, I was watching online, maybe 10,000 people watching online, 5,000 people here, and it was just crazy. And I know some people want to know, how did you get to that point? But I know it wasn't always like that, I would assume. Um, you didn't start that way. I but. think some people have a grace, right? Okay. So um, when you look at the Bible, it tells you that there's nine gifts of the spirit. And I like to break them down in three different categories. Some are vocal gifts, some are revelatory gifts that reveal things that nobody else knows, and some are power gifts. Mm. And um, when we think about the power gifts, or yeah, the power gifts are the gift of faith, mm. the gift of the working of miracles, and the gift of healing. Well, when you look at miracles, people often think it's like the blind being able to see and the deaf being able to hear and the dead raising from the grave and arms coming out and mm -hmm. cancer's healing and all of that. And that's what miracles mean. But there's one definition of the word miracle that people don't often look at. And it's, it is um, uh, the power and influence that belongs to riches and wealth. Mm. That is the definition of miracle. So here you have it that one the of power the power influence that belongs, belongs to, to riches, riches and, and wealth. wealth. Okay power and influence yeah. that belongs to riches and wealth. Mm. This is why you see so many people, uh, I like to call it de demonic evangelism and entrepreneurship. That's why you see so many people rise to fame in entrepreneurship or rise to fame in the entertainment sector. And you try to figure out how do these people get so well known so quickly only to turn and end up being devil worshipers, it's because they also have the miracle power of the power and influence that belongs to riches and wealth, just in a demonic way. And so I believe that God has put a grace on um, quite a few different people's lives, not everybody, obviously, that um, there's a certain supernatural power that you have to gather that many people. I also think that there has to be some type of working on an individual's heart in order to have that kind of power, mm. or you turn into Jim Jones, right. or you turn into... <laughs> you know, Hitler. Okay. Um, and so there is a there is a tethering of the heart. There is a circumcision of the heart. There is a uh, a cutting of pride or because mm -hmm. it doesn't take anybody to be puffed up when you have that kind of influence. Right. Um, and just making sure that you're always staying low and always staying humble and always having your ear to what God is saying and making sure you're not fearing the faces of men. 
yeah. which means morally revering them, making sure that, yes, you might give me good advice, but was it God? Right. You know, yeah. and so that's just kind of where I'm at. But I am very clear that I operate in the nine gifts of the spirit. Um, and I'm very clear that I operate in the gifting of the working of miracles. And one of the definitions of that is the power and influence that belongs to riches, riches and wealth. That's good. I never heard it. Let me ask you this question, because this and this is just being transparent for me. It's like I I am like entrepreneur, but I'm I'm very neutral. I don't say anything to frazzle people. Like I don't I ain't trying to step on nobody's toes. I don't you gonna say what you gonna say. <laughs> right. I re, I saw the Beyonce thing. I'm like <laughs> going against Beyonce and all, I, I was just, I'm like, she's a, like, she going, I've saw multiple times, you just going to say what you going to say, but how do you do that when you have fear of, if I say this, I could get canceled, I could get, when I say, I'm speaking in general. Of course. I could get canceled, my business could stop, people may stop wanting to work with me, like, what do you say to that? Because you're at a spot where you you say what you want, when you want, how you want, and it, I don't care who I'm going to address or got to worry about. So mm -hmm. my whole life has been almost like politician-like, meaning mm -hmm. everything got to be clean. I mean, I, I don't curse. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do a lot of those things anyhow. But either way, it's like it's, like, it's been always like, let me not, fr I don't like arguments. I'm not confrontational. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really want to be, I want no one to say almost nothing bad about me online. When I yeah. look at bad stuff, it, it hurts <laughs> right. me a little bit. Where I'm like, how do you get to a point where you don't care? Because I'm learning that you can't care sometimes. Yeah. But the second part is, how do you do it when some people are fearing that they may don't eat because of it? Yeah. Um, that's such a great question. It's a loaded question. I'm going to answer it. Number one, I think most people are cowards. Mm. By most, I think that's 95% of human race. Wow. Um, secondly, I work for God. Entrepreneurship is a distant tenth mm. to my assignment on earth. Uh, it's a tool, but it's not what I do. And I think that uh, gifts can easily become gods. And so if I'm an entrepreneur and I become scared to say what God said, that gift that God gave me can easily become God because that God, lowercase g, has now dictated what I'm going to say to people instead mm. of God. Right. Um, yeah. With that being said, um, I am simply just not afraid of anybody. I, I, I fully persuaded I can't be blackballed. Mm. There is nothing anybody can say about me that you have the power to blackball me. Wow. Um, I don't have a stage I want to speak on. I don't have people I want to be invited by. Right. I don't have people I want to rub shoulders with. I don't have green rooms I want to discuss anything with anybody about. Right. Um, I am not interested in it. I don't want to be liked by you. Wow. I don't want to be chosen by you. I don't want to be friends with you. Um, and you have a lot of power when you don't have that. Now, obviously, I'm not going out to desire to be hated by you. I believe that I'm a kind person in nature. Um, I am a respectful and honorable person by nature, but you will never get more respect out of me than God gets. Mm. When I think about my assignment and what God has me to call out, um, one of the things I don't think people realize is that like the pandemic was real. Yeah. The pandemic was judgment. Right. We watch people drop dead, right? They say that there's something else that's coming you out. You say that literally, right? 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. People dying because of they COVID dead. or whatever. They dropped yeah. dead. Yeah. We Literally. watched them yeah. drop dead. We watched very healthy people drop dead 100%. during the during the pandemic. Yeah. Like people that weren't supposed to die. You're like, where did they go? Right. They are dead. Right. That was judgment. Mm. Um, they say and then something else is coming, right? That's judgment. You have to start asking yourself, why is there being judgment? Why, why, what's going on? And that is due to idolatry. Anytime now, I'm this is fair to say that what I'm getting ready to say is uh let me caveat it with I believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. I believe it's the truth. I believe that there is no other truth. I believe that there's only one way to God, and that's through his son Jesus Christ. So I will say that with that caveat. So most of the stuff that I say are to Christians or believers who believe that that is the truth. Everybody else can believe you what they want to believe and go to hell. I don't mind that, right? Because I'm not here to Bible thump anybody. But God hates idolatry. And anytime in the Bible you saw idolatry, you saw pestilence, which was the pandemic. You see um, disease, you see famine, you see drought, you see all of the things that people are building bunkers for right now. That's Ooh. not going to save them either right? because they are a part of the wicked. And so... When you see that, you start to wonder, well, how did they get to turn this thing around? And it was through repentance. It was through saying, you know what, God, we turned our back on you and we started to serve another God because we thought this God could answer our prayers. We quickly learned that it couldn't. So we are going to repent for it, turn back to you. We ask that you turn things back around in this nation. And that's what happens. So whenever you see a bunch of Christians that have now aligned themselves with entertainers who are very loud about what gods they serve. That's just not an entertainment thing. That is a judgment thing that you see that's getting ready to hit the earth. Now, now you see a bunch of Christians who are powerless in prayer, who are powerless in influence, who are powerless in signs, wonders, and miracles. Um, and you wonder why you have a, a, a Christianity who was supposed to lead the earth. And instead we're going after what the world is doing, right? Like look at William Murphy. You know what I'm saying? Like he was swag surfing on Christian. I know you just yeah. you just got I, I, you just got I, a little uncomfortable. Didn't yeah, you? yeah. I said I don't <laughs> know him, crazy. but I saw it online. I said mm. I didn't watch it all, but I'm like the swag surf. I'm like it might be a tough. And here's one. the thing, right? You people justify it because you say, well, he's bringing the youth in, and we need to have the youth to come in, and we need to, you know, get them in however way we can. Mm. But the truth is, is either we're gonna go by what the Bible says or not, and it says that. Um, there's a certain way God wants to be worshiped. You can't come to God with the worship you want to worship him with. That's not good enough for God. Yeah. He says, those that come to me have to worship me in spirit and in truth. Yeah. That's it. So he wants true you. worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth. So if you're worshiping with a secular song, that means That's you have to be worshiping in lies and deception. Mm. It's either spirit and truth or lies and deception. That's what made that wrong. That's what made God not receive that kind of worship. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. So if I feel like it's tough, right? Because when I heard the Beyonce thing, when I heard that, can somebody not enjoy life? Is that like, can they not like enjoy music that is not of God? I love that question. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, yeah. you know. People listen to rap, you know. Yeah, like, I love that people question. turn up, like for sure. You yep. did at one point, which we'll talk about as well. But it's like, but you did say something uh, on that when I was listening to you. You were like, "Well, I wasn't talking to the world. I was talking to the people who I know I serve and who I've been teaching and training the right way to do That's things." Correct. 
But it's just, is that judgmental? Where I hear people be like, that's why people don't like God now, because it's you're judging how people do things and this. So what's your thoughts on that? Yep. So I love that question because really when you like when you give your life to Christ, you are in a covenant. Mm-hmm. Like a marriage. Yeah. When you got married, you yep. walked down an altar. Yep. You decided to stay with her forever. Yep. You made a covenant with her. Mm-hmm. Right? When you say yes to God, you are covenanted with God. Mm. You just asked the pivotal question, can we not have fun? Mm. Tell your wife that tonight. Go home and say you want to talk to a few other women and say, can I not have fun? Right. Yeah. Like, I just got to be with you forever. Yeah. I can't, like, go out with some other women and just have fun with them. Right. That's what you're asking. Mm. That's what you're saying to God. Wow. But, see, when I was raised, or I, not, let me not say raised, I ain't trying to put my mom in this, <laughs> but I guess even when I was in raising, it wasn't like, oh, you can't do this, too. Of course. You know? So, I don't know if it's a thing where people... I don't think people know what. Well, you what don't. You you're never going to know if you don't do. read the Bible. Okay. If you don't read the Bible, guaranteed you're going to be deceived in life. Just okay. know that. I want everybody to know that for a fact. Okay. I don't ever want. I don't want anybody to think they won't be deceived. If you don't go off of biblical principles, if you don't go off the Word of God, 100%, you will get deceived. Why? Because you're going off of the doctrine of your emotions. Mm. I feel like this is judgmental. I feel like I should be able to do this. Also, I feel like I should be able to have fun because something in your mind, which is a devil, told you that serving God wasn't fun. Something in your mind, which is the devil, told you that worshiping God wasn't fun. Yeah. Something in your mind saying there has to be something more than this. Of course you would think that if you didn't read the rules in the book. Right. And so if you can cheat on your wife and have fun with other women, then sure, you should feel justified in cheating on God. Mm. But I think that if you made a covenant with God and you said, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to read the rules and regulations of this covenant between you and I, then I'm going to do it that way. Now, I just got saved, you know, in 2015, and I lived a life out in the world. I managed a nightclub for 10 years. Like, I was out there having a great time. You know what I'm saying? And the only regret I have is that I didn't say yes to God sooner. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's not, I didn't miss out on anything. I became more aware. I had more fun. Um, I was more, I I understood what was going on in in the spiritual realm. Like, people right now are, the reason they are so promiscuous and having sex and having fun is most of the time because they were molested when they were younger. Mm. And that spirit that touched them made them promiscuous or mm. made them homosexual or made them lesbian. Now, that's not everybody in every case. Some people weren't touched, but it's a very small percentage of people that weren't touched. So when we talk about fun, let's get to the root of where your fun came from. The root of where your fun came from is because somebody stole your innocence and the spirit came and made you um, hyper aroused and hyper horny when it shouldn't have been there at the age of five years old. Mm. <laughs> That's different. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So eight years now, <clears throat> you've been saved. 2000 f- what brought you to God? What brought me to God? Like what in 2015, what in that day you became God, were you, <clears throat> excuse me, the day you became saved, Basically, what I'm trying to figure out is the day that you become saved, when do you take it to getting it all the way right? You, you get yeah. what I'm trying to say? Because I don't know if you become saved, because I'm saved, but I'm learning that. Is this, <laughs> I don't know if I'm right. That's right. You know? So it's like, when do you, I or, want you to, or how do you know what's right? I know you're saying Look at everything the from the perspective as a marriage. Yeah. Right? Look, all right. That's a good So way you to get married and yeah. you say, when am I supposed to get right? 
surely you're going to learn about your marriage with your yeah. wife forever. That's fact. When at 80 years old, you're going to meet a new wife. Yeah. At 40 years old, you you're going to need, wait, you're going to meet a new wife. Okay, like okay, in your yeah, wife, you you're going to find, yeah. you're going to continue to find her. Yeah. As a new wife, you're going to find new things about her at 20 years old, at 30 years old, at 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old. Every every year there's a new finding of your wife, yeah. right? There's never a time that you get to a point where you're not learning about your wife. New communication skills. When the kids leave the house and you're empty nesters, you have spent 20 years of your life raising children with your wife. Now you have to learn your wife all over again with just you two and no other responsibilities, right? Mm -hmm. So when you say, you know, when do you feel like you, you've accomplished and when you, you don't feel like that, God is God. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's all knowing. You don't ever know God. He's ancient. You don't ever get to a place where you know God because we're human and we're finite. Um, but you work towards that like you do in a marriage. And the most simplest thing about God is intimacy. That's all he wants is your love and your time. Like that's all God wants. Yeah. Um, obviously, as you get more mature in your walk with him, just like in marriage, you know, you think differently, you communicate differently, you, um, you know, your wife differently, you know, you're not looking at other people. If you, if you struggled with that before, you know, just certain things that bothered you at the beginning of your marriage, like are nothing to you five years down the line or a year down the line. Yeah. And so that's just, that's literally the equivalent of your relationship with God. He does, he has factored in all of your stupidity. He has factored in all of your mistakes. He's factored in all of your weaknesses. He's factored in all of your triggers. He's right. factored in all of your trauma. And he's just like, just walk with me. Yeah. So at the core of your relationship with God is um, before God trained me on profit, he trained me on how to be a daughter. Because most of us don't know how to be good daughters or good sons because you were raised in abuse. Not everybody, but a lot of people were. And so if you were raised on abuse, most people's relationship with God is their relationship with their father. So if their father rejected them, they're always most serving a God who rejected. Most relationship with God is relationship with their father. With their so, fathers, okay. right? So if you served a God, if, you ser if your dad abandoned you, you tend to serve a God who's always abandoning you when you need him the most. If you had a dad that abused you, then you're always kind of hiding from God when you did something wrong because he feels very abusive. If you had a dad that always rejected you and was never there, you always find that when you're in your time of need, God is never there. Mm. And so if you don't fix that deficit, God normally trains people up in the office of a daughter or an office of a son. He's like, don't try to be anything. I just want you to spend time with me and receive love. You know how hard it is for people to receive love? Right. It's so hard. So he's like, let me just pour in love because if I can get you to believe that I am obsessed with you, if God can get you to believe that he is obsessed with you, he can get you to go against anybody he tell you to go against. Because my leverage is that I believe God is obsessed with me. Mm. My leverage is that I believe Zechariah 2 where he says, you touch Tiffany, you touch the apple of my eye. That's dangerous. Yeah. You touch me, you touch the That's apple of God's eye. That's why you don't care about That's why that. I don't care. He <laughs> said, I'll be a wall of fire around about her. The mm. word fire there means the wrath of God. Yeah. You touch me, you just touch the wrath of God. So then you say, you're not afraid of somebody blackballing me? You touch me, you touch the apple of God's eye. You're in trouble with God. Mm. You the one that dared to defy the armies of the living God, not me. Do God talk to you? Yeah, all the time. So for you, because when, when they say, for me, when you say like literally, like you ask a question and you just it just comes to you, or yeah, like, I get an answer pretty quickly. Oh, I see. Yeah, um, and he talks to me in, in a lot of different ways, but 
gosh, you caught me off guard with that question. I feel like I just something just happened, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But um, I'll give you I'll give you an example. So I was I was asleep, I was getting ready to go to sleep one night. Yeah. And I'll say I heard a voice, which maybe sound familiar to everybody else. I heard a voice in that moment that said, set your alarm for like 3.38 a.m. Yeah. It was so random. And I was like, I talked back and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Why would I set my alarm for 3.38 a.m.? I don't go, I like, that doesn't make sense. Right. I don't even wake up that early. Right. And um, the voice got louder and louder and louder. Set your alarm for 3.38 a.m. And because I knew it was a spirit of God, I was like, let me just set it for 3.38 a.m. I feel like it's a waste of time. But because there was no other instruction. Right. I set my alarm for 3.38 a.m. It goes off. I wake up at 3.38 a.m. I obviously have to get off the pillow to get the alarm clock. I look around and I'm like, nothing happened. I get ready to lay back down. There is a huge black spider on my pillow. Wow. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> at 3.38 a.m. Right. Had I have not waken up at that time... Who knows what would have happened? That's crazy. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Um, another example is I was getting ready to go to New York City. I had a big meeting. It's one of those meetings you put on your vision board. It's one yeah. of those meetings you prayed for. It's one of those meetings that like everything in your life is getting ready to change. Yeah. And I heard I heard a voice say, don't go to this meeting mm. the day of. Yep. So now I'm like, well, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name yeah. of Jesus, because yeah. this is like one of those meetings you prayed to God about. Yep. So surely I should be able to go to this meeting. But the voice got louder and louder and louder to the point where I was like, there's a difference between hearing the voice of God and assuming why he said it. Mm. And I think people struggle with both things. You hear God say, don't do this, don't meet with this person, don't do this or do this, but you assume why not or right. you assume why. So I, I knew I couldn't do it, but I was like, maybe I'm going to get robbed when I get to New York City. Maybe, I don't know, but I can't go. Right. So I canceled my plan that day, super disappointed, not even knowing if I made the right decision. The very next day, Hurricane Sandy hit New York City. Wow. Shut the city down. Wow. Nobody knew it was coming. Crazy. Crazy. I was in New Orleans. Did you ever had a meeting? No. I mean, you ever rescheduled Never went back. <laughs> Never went back. Forget it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was in New Orleans, and uh, I was, my birthday's the 4th of July, so I was down there for Essence Festival. Okay. And uh, we were getting ready to take, we were on a city bus going to the Superdome mm -hmm. for the music festival. Yep. And just before you guys say this is right, right before, like okay. right. we'll figure out the year when I tell okay. you, but I remember being on the bus and all of a sudden I started to cry, but it was a panic cry. And mm -hmm. I started to scream out loud. Something bad is about to happen. Something bad is about to happen. And I don't cry. Right. So my friends are like, what is wrong? The bus driver is like, is everything okay? People on the bus are like silent because it was, it was a, it's something that nobody would move to say. Is something bad about to happen? I booked me a flight home the next day because I said something bad is about to happen to right. the city. Hurricane Katrina hit it. Wow. A few weeks later. So you were building prior to being saved uh, as a sermon? Since I was five, I've heard God's voice for mm, sure. Got it. So let me, before I, what's the difference between for people in me as well, yeah. a prophet and a pastor. What's the difference? That's a great question. And I know we were on the phone or was talking yeah. and I was like, you ever thought about getting a church? You said, well, that's what pastors do. I'm a prophet. So tell me the, mm -hmm. like, what's the difference? Let me say this. David was a prophet and David was a shepherd. Okay. Right. And so there, there is a place where both can coexist with each other. 
I'm going to probably butcher the definitions of, of either or. It don't even got to be a definition, right. but like an example. I would say so pastors are very shepherd. They stay with their sheep. Got it. They labor with their sheep. They um, they tend to their sheep. They they train their sheep. They like see the same people. They see the same people. They counsel the same people. Mm-hmm. They um, they they do life with those people, mm-hmm. right? Whereas a prophet, God normally ascend in to warn, to correct, to admonish, to um, give instruction to, and he normally sends them in somewhere and takes them right back out. Mm. And I think. My assumption is half of that reason is because a prophet is not honored in their own home. Mm. So there comes a place where you begin to have familiarity with the person unless somebody has the ability to see your humanity and still honor the call of God on your life. Most people come very familiar with the prophet and begin not to heed the warnings of the prophet because, oh, that's just Jesus. He's just a carpenter. Who does he think he is? I grew up with him. Right. You understand? But a pastor walks with the people, labors with the people. They also have a certain character about them that's softer, um, that is more compassionate, that is more caring, whereas a prophet is designed to have to set their face like a flint and have to be kind of harder because of the assignment or tax on their life. Right. So a, a pastor more cares. Yeah. You know, worried about what people got. Absolutely, say. absolutely. Like, always got to be right. Absolutely, um, they want to hear what your problems are. Um, they want to hear the backstory. Whereas a prophet does not want to hear your problem. Tell me what it is. I can give you a solution real quick. You can keep the backstory. Mm. You can keep the middle part of it. I'll give you a great example. Um, years ago, before I left New York, I was a nail tech. I got my nail license when I was sixteen, and uh, my favorite thing to do was pedicures. Mm-hmm. And regular people want all the, like all the files filed, like you want all the callus filed off your foot, right? Mm -hmm. But I had classical dancers that came to me and they had to have callus right here, Mm -hmm. right here, right here that I could not file off or it would hurt them because of what their vocation was. And that was so revelatory to what I do because as a pastor, you might want all of your calluses filed off because you just want a smooth foot. Mm -hmm. But as a prophet, I need these certain calluses here because of my vocation, because if you say something to me, I won't feel it. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can pastors make, can y'all make mistakes? Yeah. Like it seem like, uh, well, I see mistakes, but like our people are forgiven too, I think. Cause I mean, uh, I'd people be have, that. people have bad memories. They forgive too easy. Not too easy. That was hard to say. I believe that there's a lot of pedophiles and 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 predators in the pulpit. Mm. Um, when you look at the history of family, you see a lot of molestation that run rampant in family and people sweep it under the rugs. Well, they do that in the pulpit as well. And I I believe that people have too big of forgiveness for pedophiles in the pulpit. Yeah. I believe that there's a way that you could call the police, get them in jail, because nobody should be touching a three-year-old, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and still forgive them while they're in jail. If you would like to go visit them, do that there. But um, I believe that people have very short memories. Because, yeah. I mean, I see things just say, just say you may cheat or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you get forgiven. Like- I think that's wild. I think that's insane. I think that's insane. You know whose fault it is? It's the people that sit in the church. Mm. It's not the pastor's fault. He's going to do what he does. Yeah. It's the people that sit in the church's fault because you're the one that gave him the permission to do that. Um, you know, the Bible says that the pastor has the... What is it? Um, he's in charge of your soul, right? He has like he has to keep an account for your soul. 
And I don't think we put enough value on our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, that somebody that can continuously cheat on their wives can have an account for my soul. If I were in their church, I would leave. Hmm. So are you ever concerned that that you could do something wrong? And, and again, you don't care about getting canceled, but just you slip up. Like somebody make a mistake. No, I, and I don't know what a mistake means to you, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. I don't know what that mean, what that looks like, but yeah. So I I try to practice that I only speak when spoken to. Mm. So I only speak if God spoke to me about something. Other than that, I leave all opinions to myself. So we see a lot of things going on right now. You you like I don't I don't know nothing. No, not unless I heard God speak on it. Mm. No, I so mean, you spoke on the Beyonce thing. Tell absolutely. me about tell me about that. Absolutely. Uh, if you actually watch that video, it's called Altered at the Altar. I watched it. Yes. So, well, but if somebody who didn't. Yeah. But if you actually watch what happened right before I said it, I was talking about something completely different. Mm -hmm. And if you noticed, I switched immediately and said what I said. What I said had nothing to do with the message that was two seconds prior. Mm -hmm. And it was like there was a switch that came up. Now, to know me is to know I don't care nothing about her concert. I don't care nothing about entertainment. I don't care nothing about what people do, believe it or not. Um, I'm just not that kind of person that cares. Yeah. Uh, I also don't even give unsolicited advice. So unless asked, I keep my opinions to myself. Mm. Unless God tells me I have to tell the person this, I don't, I don't care. Right. Um, like, I'm, I, a, I'm out of my business. I see very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I walk in a room, I see very well. Yeah. I mind my business. God. Unless God tells me to say something. I keep it to myself. So to know me to know is that my nature isn't to say that because I, by nature, don't care what yeah. you do. Yeah. Um, but I knew when he had me say that, here's the crazy thing. I asked God, which I had never asked him before, can you let this cover by God go viral? Mm. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And that's because we had a speaker there, um, Reverend James Solomon. He wrote a book I think everybody should read. It's called Deliverance from Demonic Covenants and Curses. And he was there as a speaker. I thought, I was like, these prayers that he's praying are going to go back 40 years mm. to the grave and dig up what people have been bound by. That's how powerful I knew that cover by God was. I said, God, make this one viral. Mm. And that's how God chose to make it viral. That's crazy. It so, was viral too. Oh, it went all <laughs> over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only that could have been God. Yeah when you look at it. Hey, what's up guys? Listen, if you're looking at this video right now, I want you to stop what you're doing right now. I want you to go to millionsconference.com right now. Listen, there's gonna be a three-day experience. The first one is covered by God. You get to come here from Tiff herself. It's gonna be amazing. I went, I'm talking about it was jumping. And then two days after that, it's gonna be all on entrepreneurship, business, and probably more God. What I want you guys to do is go to millionsconference.com right now. Get ready to make your way to Atlanta. This is February 29th, right? It's a leap year, so it's going to be super special. It's going to be March 1st, March 2nd. So go to millionsconference.com. I was very disappointed in how the majority of the church handled that situation, but it was also indicative of the state of the church, which is we care more about the world than standing with the word of God on this situation. What do I think people should have done? As a prophet, I gave the warning. I think all pastors should have gathered their sheep and taught them why it was wrong to go to a co concert of a woman who tells you who her God is. As an evangelist, I think you should have gone out and gathered people and got them saved. As a teacher, I think you should have taught them why um, 
this concert is wrong. Um, I'm leaving something out. As an apostle, you know, I think you should have built upon what I said. And I, I think everybody in the fivefold ministry should have gathered together and built upon that warning. And I think a lot of people did, but I was very disappointed in the people that had a lot of influence that didn't. And I see a lot of their influence dwindling away. Mm. Wow. Let me ask you, so influence. I mean, it's a, I feel like the influence you have when I say you and you as well as others in churches, you really had the ability to tell people to do a lot of things Wild, based on right? saying God, God said, mm -hmm. how we know when the influence is real or not. You know, Like how we know when, cause I mean, I've been in some, for me again, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I'm just mm -hmm. speaking. And I feel like God just told me a number 33, everybody here give $33 and, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's right. It just didn't make me feel great. So it's right. Like, so, but you like, why not? Why not, listen, why not listen to that? Yeah. That first inkling you had that something about this ain't right. Why you didn't listen to that? Why you second guessed it? No, I'm just. I don't like. For me, uh, I don't know what's right and wrong in church. Like, get me. That's where I'm at. I don't. Why you don't read your Bible, Neo? <clears throat> I read the Bible occasionally, but I'm not reading it like. Do you drink water occasionally? If yeah. you drank water the amount of times you read the Bible, would you be dehydrated and have to go to the hospital for an IV? Wait, say the question one more time. If you I... drank water the way you read your Bible, would you have to go to the hospital and get an IV put in your... In your... For, for sure. Yeah, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. So you, the Bible has to be read like you drink water. Yeah, daily. Period. Yeah. Or you will get dehydrated in the realm of the spirit. So the reason I still need guidance with reading it because I that's, that Bible the is Bible difficult. needs an interpreter. That's what I'm saying. Like For I sure. read it, it's like. Do you have the Holy Spirit? What you mean by that? I love that because in Acts 19, do you know? I ain't you, gonna lie. You know, what I'm nah, like, I appreciate it. Do you know you can be saved and not have the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I don't know. So in Acts 19, he says, "Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed?" And they said, "We don't even know." who the Holy Ghost is, and these people were saved. And so when Jesus left, he gave you the comforter. He, he sent down the Holy Spirit as a comforter. Um, the Holy Spirit reveals all things. When you look up the definition of the word comforter, he's your advocate, yeah. he's your counsel of defense. These are all legal terms, right? Mm -hmm. He's your intercessor. Yeah. Like this is your best friend on earth. This is the best gift Jesus could have ever given you on earth. The, the Bible can only, the anybody can read the Bible. I can read Spanish. I didn't understand what I read though. Right. You understand? And I'm half my family's Puerto Rican. Yeah. I can't, I can read something, but I can't read. I couldn't. So the Bible is, you can read it, but you need an interpreter. And that interpreter is the Holy Spirit. And so somebody like you, like you said, I felt like it wasn't right. And it's like, you have that gift in you, but you're also dehydrated. Right. So you have the ability to walk, but you're going to faint. You don't have anything to sustain you right. because you're not taking in any water. Mm. And so you're continuously needing an IV because yeah. you don't know what's right or wrong. And it's not recently, it's year, but it just, I feel like there's so many things that happen. Yeah. From you see it online to Absolutely. maybe when you went in and experienced it, where you're like, man, I don't know if I believe this. That's right. And but I then, believe, but, but I'm saying where it's like- it also gives prophetic insecurity, right? Like- where you have this prophetic gift where you can see and hear and you're like, dog, I, you, you can think something and it happens and you're like, how did I know that that was going to happen? Yeah. But then because you're not strong in it, right, it, be, it becomes insecure and you're like, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to judge wrong. Yeah. I don't want to judge this person. 
And here's the thing. The cash register at the grocery store tests the counterfeit $100 bill more than you test spirits of other people. Mm. How does somebody that barely makes minimum wage and cannot hardly pay for their bills test something better than somebody that is listening to something for their soul? Say it one more time. So How can you I deep too? Sometimes I got to ca- catch it. Make sure I'm understanding. The cash register person cannot pay their bills. Yep, one hundred. They make minimum wage. Mm-hmm. They cannot get by. Yep. How can they be more determined yep. to mark a counterfeit bill than somebody who is sitting next to somebody else who has to take an account for their soul? Since when did the cash registrant have more value in their job than you have more value over your soul? Mm. That's the question, number one. Number two, if this registrant cashier does not catch the counterfeit, they're held accountable for it at the end of the night. Right. Do you not think you're not held accountable for not being able to catch a counterfeit if they spoke to you? By God. Right. You're held accountable. How then does this cash register mark or check this counterfeit bill? The first thing they do is they take a pen out and they mark it. And they see if it changes colors. Yep. Because there's so many great counterfeits, sometimes the marker doesn't work. Right. And the second thing they do is they hold it up to the light mm-hmm. to see if there's a second person in there. And so I think that there's a marker system that we have to put in place for people. And then there's a light system we have to put in place for people to say, hey, God, Tiffany sounds good, but there's certain things she says that triggers me. I think she could have said it differently. I don't like how she said it. Most of the time people say that they're in sin. So, of course, you're not going to like that. I said a lot of men, you know, if they're cheating on their wives, don't like the wife saying, can you stop cheating on me? They say, oh, you don't get to, you know, everybody doesn't like being told the truth. So we don't, you know. Um, So we say Tiffany seems right. She says right but I don't know if she's right, right? Right. Let me mark her. Holy Spirit, can you mark her? Mm. Let me know if she, what she's saying is true. And because I might not trust myself because I, I let the other counterfeit through, let me hold her up to the light of God and see if she matches and see if I can see what God says. Only the Holy Spirit can tell you that. Mm. Yeah, this, this, you got to develop. It takes time. I mean, well, it, doesn't I take, it doesn't take time. It takes God. God. It takes your determination to say, you know what, God, I, I really want to strengthen my relationship with you. I want to get closer to you. I want to like. And, and part, start, part of that is reading the Bible. Every you should day. just start in the book of Acts today. Okay. Well, I'll start today. Yeah. Let you know how that works. Yeah. Just one chapter a day. Uh, one chapter a day. Yeah. Book of Acts. So you don't start from the beginning in Genesis. Nah, just start in the book of Acts. You see, but you see what I'm saying? Like most people, I'm going to pick up a book and start in Genesis. Yeah. Chapter one. I know. So. Yeah. But who who teaches you this? Not like where do you go? Because there's so many people teaching God. Like for me, listen, it's like you got people who only do church on Saturdays. They can't talk to nobody till the end of Saturday. You got church that's only on Sunday. You got I mean, I don't know. You people confused out here. <laughs> Is that safe to say that yeah. it's it's a lot of confusion because I don't know what's right. You can't Saturday is the Sabbath. Sunday is the Sabbath. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what's. I don't know what is what. You know what I mean? I don't know what is right, what is wrong yeah. in, in this moment. Yeah, I would say um, you are guaranteed to be lost if you don't pick up the Bible. 
Mm. And level one, just pick up the Bible and start reading. Yeah, because it's almost like asking who taught you entrepreneurship. A lot of that was self-taught. Right. Yeah. That's my point. Right, right. Yeah. Get in the book of Acts and say, yeah. Holy Spirit, I don't really have a relationship with you, but I need you to be my best friend. And like this year, I need yeah. I need us to be like this. Got it. I need you Lock to in. tell, I need you to give me revelation. When I read this, don't let this be regular words. I need it to jump up at me and I need to say, oh my gosh, I've never seen this before. Yeah. I needed this for my life today. Wow. Mm. That's it. Got it. Re entrepreneurship was self-taught. You got in there. Most of it was. Yeah. I'm sure somewhere down the line you had mentors, oh, whether it was the failures of I'm other people, the successes guy. of other people, a conversation here and there guided you. Same way with God, but you'll be more strengthened to know who to listen to and who not to listen to. Yeah, you understand. Yeah. So I think that that's that I think that that's what it is. I've had a lot of people give me error that I thought were men and women of God, and I was like, well, that's not what the Bible says. For instance, they'll say something like, "Well, Tiffany, you can't rebuke um, somebody that's older than you or a pastor. That's not honorable. God doesn't. God isn't okay with that. You can't give anybody. You can't give anybody older than you a word of warning." Mm. So then I say, "Well." Samuel was 12 years old when he told his spiritual father he was going to die. Mm. So do I listen to you or the Bible? Right. Yeah, that's all that goes to. That's good. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. I mean, you've been an entrepreneur a long time, um, selling books out the back of your car. I'm assuming self-taught as well. Yeah. Tell me, when, what was your first uh, shot at entrepreneurship? I had your basic buying now and laters and airheads okay. at the uh, yeah, at sam's club okay. exactly yeah. and uh, i'm from rochester new york so i had a snow shoveling business okay you and freddie uh got something in common that's right you yeah. have yeah. <laughs> nine years old uh doing a snow shoveling business i was just a bad negotiator so i had mm -hmm. 10 friends mm -hmm. i negotiated a huge driveway for five dollars yeah. yeah and they was like we are not doing this for 10 cents a piece it yeah. was like <laughs> So my employees left me and yeah. I had to <laughs> tell them we couldn't do it. I had a dog walking business. Okay. I had a uh, newspaper. Like I was, I knew how to do nails before I got my nail license. Okay. Like I was already doing it at 10, 11, 12 okay. years old. So I had a knack for entrepreneurship. I loved it. I was obsessed with it. I knew I never could work for anybody or a nine to five. You never had a job? No, I had one. Okay. But even at that age, I knew I couldn't what work was your for job? anybody. I think I was like at a call center. Okay. Because when I went to school, I went to college once. Okay. You dropped out though. Yeah, yeah. I needed to. Yeah, I was a I freshman for three out. years straight. Okay. Yeah. What I school? needed to get out of there. Was that in the Rock as well? It was. So I was in Rochester, New York. You hear me, The Rock. Like I'm from there. No, literally that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so it was in Rochester, New York. I, was, I graduated high school, went to a community college, and then I moved to North Carolina. And I went to a four-year college there. And I was a freshman for three years straight. Okay. And uh, I was a communication major. That's my point. What do you do with a communication major? Right. Nothing, no, right. right? I'm like, I don't know. That's right. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah. I picked it because I was a good talker. Right. <laughs> but it's like pointless. So you spend all that money to be a communication major only to come out and not do anything in that field. And so, um, yeah, I worked at a call center, like your basic men nine ten dollars an hour yeah. i had expensive taste yeah you know what yeah. i'm saying like i can't i can't live this life right i got right. gucci right so uh it just wasn't for me so i quit and uh i got a job at the nightclub i was there for 10 years like that's where i needed to be at that time right. maybe the money i needed to make yeah 
And uh, when I did self-publish my books, of course, I was selling them in the nightclub because I wouldn't dare sell a book where all books are being sold. It right. just didn't make sense as a marketing strategy. Right. Why do I want to be in competition mm. with a thousand other books? That makes sense. Selling in a nightclub where it, it certainly won't be sold in there. No, and they're going to jail. Right. Yeah. Right. And people read when they go to jail. Right. Yeah. So my books were a hit in the jail system. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. great. And you're drunk. Yeah. So when you bought this ten dollar drink, I yeah. told you to give me a twenty and I didn't give you change back. Because right. you bought a book as well and you just didn't know it. <laughs> Got so let me ask you, during that time, what was the transit? You told me you was I was when I was at the last cover by God, you said your your nickname back then was Tyson Tiff. Like yeah. you was you you was rumbling people like what was when did the change happen? What was the 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 thing where you said, yo, it's time to change? So when I lived in Rochester, it was known as New York State's murder capital, mm -hmm. right? And so when you live in a place that has like a principality of murder, yeah. like, check this out. I would go to a funeral every week when I lived there. At the time I lived there, every week. Like, you would call your girlfriend like, girl, what you wearing to so-and-so funeral today? Because yeah. you know so-and-so going to be there. Like, it was like going to the club. Wow. It wasn't until I moved to North Carolina that I realized people didn't die. Mm. You thought it was just normal. Oh, I thought it was normal. Can you imagine? Right. People die so often. My age, they was dying. They die so often that you think it's regular until you literally pick up and move to a different state and what you realize- What did you pick up and move? Uh- it was in the 2000s. Okay. Yeah. It was in the 2000s. Before you transitioned to getting saved and everything. Yeah, I got saved okay. in 2015. Got so, it. yeah. Just, so prior. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. So, you have a mindset of, it was like a principality over that place. Like, in Alaska, they have a high rate of suicide. Mm -hmm. In Atlanta, it's a high rate of LGBTQ, mm -hmm. right? In New Orleans, it's a high rate of voodoo, mm -hmm. like witchcraft. So, a lot of places have Is different- Is voodoo real? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Like where? Go to Haiti. Now, I'm talking about where, this may be stupid, I don't know. but it's nothing stupid. Where I used to watch TV, they poke a dial and you feel it. That, yeah. That's that's a real thing? Yeah. What you mean? Like as you could hit a dial and ah, feel it? Yes. Okay. I thought that was like fake or something. I thought no. it was just like TV or something. No, like that. no, 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 no. It's so how's that real though? I mean, how can you poke a You know, the spiritual the world is very real. It was real in the Bible. It's divination. It's witchcraft. Mm. People talk to the dead in the Bible. It was is called necromancy. Real? Yes. So when they like read your palm and like yes. you, you. That's why. That's why part of the prophet, marker. That's why part of the marker system is not judging accuracy. So yes. you don't. So you don't look at a psychic and a prophet and say, "Well, which one is which?" Because they're both accurate. So if they're accurate, this one has to be from God. That's why we don't judge accuracy on who's from God or not. Because a psychic is accurate. So a prophet and a psychic could both say, I see a car. I had a dream. I saw a car accident coming for you. I saw a car accident where everybody was dead in the car. Mm. That didn't make that untrue. But a prophet can now stop that in the realm of the spirit through intercession and prayer. A psychic can't. They can tell you what they saw. They don't have the authority to stop it. Wow. This, this is deep. Oh, yeah, it's real. But it was in the Bible. Divination was in the Bible. Necromancy, which is talking to the dead, was in the Bible. Like all of the witchcraft was in the Bible. All of those things were in the Bible. Mm. So we know that they're real. We just know that we have more authority and power over it. We know that we can't be touched by it if we're in right standing with God. We know that their um, efforts are futile when it comes to us because we're impenetrable 
because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's impossible. Got it. Yeah. See, man, I'll be a, I, I'm today years old learning stuff, you know, <laughs> certain things. That's why you don't eat everywhere. That's right. why you don't eat everybody food. You don't, you know. Right. Mm -mm. I don't take gifts. I don't take gifts from people I don't know. Okay. So if I go out and people, if I go to Cover by God or anywhere and people are like, you know, I, Tiffany, I'm, I would like to gift you this. I got it for you. I say, no, thank you. All right. So we got a shirt package for you. Just... I'll take it from you. <laughs> right, That's want... right. <laughs> I was about to say. I was no, thinking... I do not take gifts. Uh, I don't take that... them at I don't take them to my house. Nothing. Got it. And you also don't know what's in there. It's like, a point of contact. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. They hate me. So yeah. Why would I take something home? Right. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're getting. That's right. Yeah. That's good. So I want to talk about right now, we got entrepreneurs. And I know you got a conference called Millions that basically helps people inspire millions, make millions, like just really get your stuff together. Yeah. And there's so many entrepreneurs out here struggling. They're trying to make their first sell, their next sell. I want to talk to that person. How do they build? Like, what are some strategies or some tactics that you are teaching people uh, to help them be great business people? Because you are a phenomenal businesswoman. I mean, you sell out things in seconds, mm -hmm. uh, literally, yeah. in You've been doing that for years, yeah. and you'll continue to do it for years. Mm. Like, what are some strategies and some formulas or some tricks that you're telling to your people to stand out? Okay, so number one, let's give some context that yeah. uh, I was an entrepreneur before I was a Christian, okay, if yeah, you let's will. Talk about it, yeah. Yeah, and so when I you became saved, I was trying to figure out how do I mix the two? Yeah. How do I marry these two things together? Because I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. um, I also... So when I self-published my books, that was like 2005 to 2009. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I got tired of writing books because I only had one goal, which was to be an Essence Magazine bestselling author. I hit that with the first book. Yeah. Okay. Um, which was not like other people were not was doing that. Was that the one you sold in nightclub? No, I sold my self-publishing book called Hate Me, B-I-T-C-H, in the nightclub because okay. I was mad at the world. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> I right. hated everybody. Yeah. And uh, my first fiction. On the cover, was it, did you X out the ITC no. or just, okay. I got right. one copy of that book left. Okay. All and right. when I got all the books, I signed it to myself because I knew if I didn't sign it, I would sell it. Mm. So I wanted at least one memorabilia that right. this existed. Right. And um, so my first fiction book um, was like hood fiction. That's when that was coming out back then. It was very popular. Like the Zanes. And the, yeah, yeah, she was more erotica. I yeah. wasn't. Okay. But she was like soft porn. Yeah. That's, that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Like mine was like hood murder mystery, if you will. Got it. You know? And so I wrote these four books. My only goal was to be an Essence Magazine bestselling author. I really worked for fun, not for money. So when I hit the goal, I got bored. Mm -hmm. And I hit the goal the first book, the first month. I just yeah. kept writing books because what else I'm going to do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I ended up selling the rights to that book back to the publisher, but uh, I sold 50% of the rights because I didn't want it to ever become a movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That I knew one day I was going to be somebody and I didn't want this book to be become a movie. movie. Wow. Yeah. That and was Tiffany's. Tiffany wrote that. Well, they're, they're, they're still on Amazon, so I yeah. still get hate mail. Okay. You call yourself a prophetess with these books. And I'm like, shut up. I also got two kids with two different men. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're going to pick something to be mad about. That's the cool thing about that. you. You're going to let you know that. Like <laughs> there is no dead skeleton I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of. catch me. I, I am afraid of the living God, not yeah. a dead skeleton. Yeah. There is nothing you can pick out about my life, my mm. past, present or future 
that I am ashamed of and I won't tell on myself about before mm. you tell it. I got gotcha. you. Period. <laughs> yeah. So they send me the emails about the book, but I'm like, I don't even own the book. I make no money from the book since 2009. I've never made any more money from that book. I can't get the books taken down. Somebody was like, maybe you should buy all the books off of Amazon. But I'm like, if I do that, it's going to trigger them to think it's going viral and they're going to print some more <laughs> right. and sell them again. So uh, I quit. I get bored. I say, I need to find something else to do. I go into online entrepreneurship, which was known as blogging back then, back yep. in 2010. Mm -hmm. So I didn't figure out how to monetize it until 2011, which was, I was very good at self-publishing and publishing because I did both. And I, uh, I taught a course on how to self-publish your book. Wow. Back in 2011. We're talking about 12 years ago. That's right. Before people was even That's why when the pandemic came, I was already set because yeah. I had I was already making a lot of money in 2011 mm. before people knew that that existed. Mm. Uh-huh. Who put you onto it? Did somebody tell no. you? You just stumbled upon it? I just it? stumbled upon it. Okay. I just literally stumbled upon it. And plus it was it was somewhat it was in your niche of writing and publishing. Right, but not the online world. Right. Like Listen to somebody else, they would have been doing an in-person seminar, 100%, all of that. Yeah. You're talking about going into the online entrepreneurial space where my goal was to build a, a small company, a multi-million dollar, very small company. I never wanted Fortune 500. I never wanted employees. Yeah. I did not want the time that needed to be put in building something so big. I knew exactly what I wanted. And if I had to be at a location to make it happen, it wasn't for me. Mm. I didn't care how much money you were offering me for it. I was very clear about that. And so here I am, online entrepreneurship, um, get saved in 2015. Now I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Here's what's powerful about this story is in 2011, I was around a lot of people who was served the universe. Mm -hmm. They talked about the universe. They had sage. They were, um, they were doing other stuff, but they made a lot of money. So here I'm looking at this group of people making a lot of money, millions in a month. I'm looking at this group of people who are saved, who are thanking God during testimony service that he paid their $13 light bill. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Why are Christians so poor? Why are these people so rich? What is happening here? And, um, and so that's where I started at. In 2015, when I got saved and I navigated the two, I knew that there was some breaking of the ground. Before you can teach people how to make a sale, you got to teach people to know it's okay to make money. That's good. You have to break the slavery mindset of, I'm just glad God gave me $13. You're talking about, the Bible says that the earth is his throne. The, 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 the heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. He's literally, the earth is, he's resting his feet on the earth and the clouds are but dust to his feet. And you are okay with $13 testimony? Wow. The God that parted the Red Sea so these people could walk through it and you're okay with a $13 testimony? Wow. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, because we can't be serving the same God. There's another God you serve because it can't be this one. Right. And so that's what I had to start with before I start with, how to make a sale, how to make millions, how to do all of that. I had to make you think that it was even okay to do it. And then I'm watching all of these people in the new age world make money. And then when they get to New York Times or the big magazines, they're telling you who their God is. Oh, I got this from a, from a magic book. I got mm. this from a coven I was a part of. Right. And I'm like, well, they're doing a great job evangelizing people because I saw Christians go into that world because they're like, they're making money and I'm not. Mm. So... 
that's that's really all it's about. Um, I created Millions Conference because I wanted people to know that you didn't have to go to a psychic or a hypnotist. You know they have hypnotists for social media? No. What you mean yeah. by that? So they have hypnotists that go to social media and it keeps the people there. That's why people have such an addiction to those sites. Mm. Yeah. So Instagram. Yeah, hypnotist. They yeah. have hypnotists that are on regular websites, like for sales and all of that. When you, they say, hire you hip, to, when you say they on it, like they are just on there looking at it, stay on here. Stay yeah, on. absolutely. Mm. And go back. Mm. Yeah, it's like an addiction. But they hire hypnotists to, to keep people addicted to keep them coming back. Um, you have people that go to horoscope readers to see when's the right time to launch their product. You have people that go to psychics to see when's the right time to do this and that. So... It's like I wanted to teach people at Millions Conference that there are prophets that can see, that there are people, apostles in the marketplace that can see, that you have people that operate in the gift of miracles and healing that can see, right? You have people that operate in the gift of faith. You have people in the Bible that have these same gifts that are backed by God mm. better than those gifts. So that's what Millions Conference is about because everybody should be making some money. That's good. And I actually like that because... And I kind of like kind of the combination. You got covered by God, which uh, probably fills more of your spirit up. And yes. just, you know, teaching you about the right way of God and the word. And then you got millions, which is going to show you how to impact, inspire, and get a bag. For sure. Fully about entrepreneurship. Because you need to know, you should know how to do both. You should know how to do both. And the, and the pandemic taught you that your job will fire you if you don't get a vaccination. That's true. That's what it taught you. That's a fact. You were out of here. You're out of here. Yeah. Only for them to say that the CDC said that now the unvaxxed and the vaxxed are the same. Right. They yeah. forced you to put something in your body. Yeah. You know what's so crazy too? I don't even hear about COVID no more. Of course you don't. Like now I mean, you hear I about the new thing. About it. I'm talking about in the last year and a half, I haven't heard more than five people say, yo, I got That's right. COVID. That's right. It's just crazy how it just disappeared, though. I still don't know what happened, though. You don't know what happened. But they made sure everybody got a shot for it. Yeah. 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 And your job made sure they threatened you because of it. So yeah. if you didn't have a side job, some type of entrepreneurial endeavor in between then, you lost your, you, you lost your livelihood. Yeah. You were talking earlier about marketing strategies, right? You were talking about you basically like never go sell Essentially, you were selling your book at a nightclub because everybody wasn't there. Yeah. What, what are some things at Millions are you telling? What are some things that's being covered? Like, um, essentially, that was a good play. Like, don't just don't go to a crowded market. Don't go where everybody else is at. Go where they're not at. So exactly. anything that you could share with the entrepreneurs on on our show, we always try to focus on how can we give you something you can go apply to help your business grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say for me, I am always looking to do what everybody's not doing in the moment. Yeah. Whatever everybody's doing, that lets me know that's not for me. So for instance, when I was writing books, everybody started writing books. Right. I knew it was time for me to leave. When I got into the online entrepreneurial space, nobody was doing that yet. Yeah. I knew that I was a few years ahead of time. Mm. And so now I'm like, okay, God, he's already starting to talk to me about what's a few years out that I'll be starting to do now that people won't see everybody doing until 20, I was about to ask you, 30, <laughs> 20, 30, yeah. 20, 35 and stuff like that. But I've always been able, you know, there's some, there's some people that are able to discern the times and the seasons. Yeah. 
and know when it's time to shift. Even if something looks very profitable, they know it's time to shift into something else because this is what's next. Mm. Um, and so that's what I will say. I, I think people are too fearful to do that. Yeah. But if there are one or two people on here that can hear what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is if everybody is doing it, ask God what's next. That's good. And get started on what's next, even if it doesn't look popular. Mm. I am a testimony that you will be ahead of the game. And anybody that's really ahead of the game really does the most damage in that industry. You know what I'm saying? But that's really what I would say. That's powerful. Yeah. No, that's 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 a that's a gem right there. Yeah. Dude, it, it was a another quote or something I read. It was like I don't know if it, I think it was Walt Disney basically. Figure out what everyone else is doing and do the opposite. Oh wow! Yeah, it was, it was something around those, those, around that mindset. Figure out what everyone else, what what everyone else is doing, yeah. and don't do it. Literally, don't do it. Yeah, it's powerful. Literally, do something different. Yeah, yeah. Is there any last words for the show that, or anything you want to share with the people that you feel as though they need to know in order? My goal this year to how can we help people win? So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I already learned, read the Bible every day, like, like water. Um, but there's anything else around spiritual that people yeah, need to I, focus I would on. Say and then it's not business. just read the Bible. I want to maybe hone in that you're in a marriage now. Yeah. So be faithful to your spouse yeah. every day. Mm. <laughs> be intimate with your spouse every day. Yeah. Fall in love with your spouse every day. Right. That's what I want to I don't want to just throw it in as just read the Bible because who's going to do that? But fall in love with the bridegroom every day. Be intimate with the bridegroom every day. Have a conversation with your bridegroom every day. Say, how can I serve you better today? How can I love you better today? How do you want to be loved from me today? Mm. Like those are real conversations you have with your spouse that you should be having with God. Real conversations, real language, sit on the edge of your bed and say, God, how do you want me to love you today? Yeah. And how can I receive your love today? Start there. Yeah. Like reading the Bible is so, is so cold with no relationship. Let me ask you this question. Sure. And I know I can't be alone, but sometimes I realize I prayed harder when I didn't have nothing or sure. when I was in... God, I just got in the jam. <laughs> Can you help me out? Like, how do you maintain that relationship when he blessing you? Like Staying in love. Going, you're not yeah. in love. Mm. When you're in love, you stay even when things are great. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're in love, you stay. When you're in love, you're just in love. When you're in love, you're you always want to talk to God. When you're in love, you always want to spend time with God. When you're in love, you always want to like spend time with the person. Like when you're in love, you move different. Mm. When things are good or bad, you're still talking. When things are great, it just becomes Thanksgiving and worship and thank you. Mm, that's good. You know, in Psalms 100 verse four in the Message Bible, it says, come with the secret password. Thank you. What's your favorite uh, chapter? Oh gosh, I have a favorite chapter depending on my life. Mm, depending on the situation. Yeah, for sure. Got it. I like Psalms. I used to read Psalms and Proverbs. My mom had me reading them a lot earlier yeah. on. I feel like they was good, good uh, chapters. I mm -hmm. need to read Nehemiah too. You absolutely should read yeah, Nehemiah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great, you know, he had to build when everybody was coming against him. Right. 
He had to build something when there was two people, Sambalot and Tobiah, were speaking words against him. They they sent a war of words against him. Mm. And he still had to somehow ignore those words and continue to build against what people were saying. Wow. That's a great, I think you should definitely read that. Well, I got my work cut out. I'm mm -hmm. ready to get to it. Yeah. 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 This so is great. Is there any questions that I didn't ask you that you that I should have? I heard somebody ask that question. So I'm that's gonna ask that question, question one day. Yeah. I don't that's Gosh, no. Okay. Yeah, that's a man. great question. Well, I want to say thank you for taking time to come on the show. I appreciate it. I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm just excited about becoming better, I think. I want to leave it at yeah. that. I don't want to sound Becoming be more in love. Yeah, becoming more in love. Go there. Don't become better. Yeah, become Just more say, I'm excited about being more in love. Being more in love. Yeah, I like that. But I want to do that in every area of my life, too. Though. We're just talking about with God. Yeah. Right now. Right. All right. One area at a time. Yeah, one thing at a time. The most important area. That's fact. Yeah. That's true. All right. So don't put him with everything else. That's true. Just say, I'm mm. going to, I want to be more in love with God. Let that be your 2024 goal. I like Cause that. Because guess what? Everything else falls from that. That's a fact. Yeah. I like that. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I got my work cut out. So, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Um, can't wait to see you on the next episode. What I want y'all to do in the description, you guys are going to see a link for Cover by Guy as well as Millions Conference. Make sure y'all check it out.